Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. This is Priority Status with J Public Relations. Um, I am your host for today's episode. This is Amy Ogden. I'm the Senior Vice President of Brand at JPR. And uh, I'm really excited about today's podcast episode. Um, with me today in our JPR New York office is Corey Ingram. Um, so a little bit of background here. I've actually known Corey for several years. I had the pleasure of meeting Corey when he was leading the design and inspiration behind one of Charleston's um, uh, most well-known and incredible properties called The Restoration. And Corey and I have known each other for several years, starting from that. And he's now the creative director of Dream Hotel Group, the entire hotel brand, which is so exciting. Um, and so he's here with me today with his uh, little min pin, Jojo. Hi, Jojo. Um, and Corey's going to be talking to us today about disrupting hospitality through design, which I just can't even tell you how excited I am about this topic, Corey. So first of all, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. What a, I love this place. It's like a second home to me. We love having you. And, um, you know, Corey, when I told you recently, JPR is launching a podcast, you know, we immediately were like, we have to get you on. <laughs> you need to talk to our listeners. And um, so first, before we, before we dive in, give our listeners a little more background just on you and your experience and kind of how you ended up where you are today. Cool. Um, well, obviously a dog lover. <laughs> um, I'm an artist. Um, by formal training, I studied installation art. Um, I had a brief career as an artist and um, moved into product design and, um, and started designing uh, beauty and fashion. And I launched a beauty brand of which I worked worked on for 10 years uh, that had global positioning. Uh, and I was very interested in the hospitality market, and so I joined an organization and I started designing OSNE. This is my early 20s. Um, Tell our listeners what OSNE is. Okay, operating supplies and equipment. <laughs> okay. And I was so young that I had no idea when like Danny Myers or like Danielle Balud would walk in the door, like who these people really were. I mean, right. you know, this is before Instagram. So, mm. you know, it was just, I mean, things were not as like publicized. And I, I just didn't understand the magnitude of the people when I was working with like Elaine and Roger Thomas, Elaine Wynn and Roger Thomas in Designing the Win. And so um, that was my first stint in hospitality. And uh, when I entered into the beauty business, um, of course, one of our um, secondary uh, ways of doing business was hospitality. And we developed a lot of back bar, spa. Uh, we did some uh, amenities for the Beverly Wilshire and uh, some spa treatments and retail. So um, I was really more an M, sort of a brand strategist and a conceptor. And um, so I, um, after, you know, 10 years of working in the beauty business and concepting, you know, over 350 products, I um, decided that I wanted to open a branding agency. And so I did. And of course, my clients ranged from, you know, I worked with Kenneth Cole to Aaron Lauder. And um, I was really sort of saturated in a market where I was competing against a lot of talented creatives who were, who were really, you know, going after the same work I was. 
And I noticed there was a white space in hospitality. So I shifted my agency strengths to focus on hospitality. And um, I was actually on a buying trip in Paris with Gracious Home. Some of you may know who that is. It's like a, a designer, Bed Bath & Beyond in New York, an institution for designers and retail. And I was on a buying trip there with leading, leading all of their buyers and creatively directing what they were going to do for the year at Maison Objet. And I stumbled across some developers at the Palace Royale at the Cartier exhibition. Um, and we started talking and had a meeting. And before you knew it, I was in Charleston and, you know, pitching my branding services to them. And, you know, they became my client. And four years later, it's one of the top hotels in Charleston. It is the top hotel in it Charleston. It is the top hotel. And, you know, Corey, and I of- love, I've always loved that Paris story. I've heard it so many times and it never doesn't give me chills yeah. because it's such a serendipitous story of right place, right time, and just never knowing who you say hello to, you exactly. know, and what kind of world that could open up for you. I agree. I want to add something. This It's really about manifestation too. And like we're in this podcast, I know this is something super important to you and Jay Public Relations. That was important to me. And so I started to manifest that I really wanted to design my own hotel. And everyone knew me that had known what I had done in my career and had been to my home and had seen how I entertain and my Southern hospitality knew that that was right for me. And so maybe everybody was manifesting too. I don't know, but it worked and I worked really hard and I didn't know everything. Um, I still don't. (laughs) (laughs) None of us do, by the way, I don't think nobody knows it all. all. And if you think you know everything about food and beverage, (laughs) then you're wrong. And so, um, yeah, and so I ended up, you know, working on the project and and that's how I entered the hospitality market. And um, I wanted to continue in the space. I really uh, wanted to continue to design more experiences globally. And so I had some meetings and met with Dream Hotel Group and did a project with them. I was project base. And they asked me, they said, hey, you know, would you consider coming on and being our creative director? And I was like, you know what? This is a good opportunity. So I did. That's where I am. And here here we are today. Mm -hmm. And tell us a little bit about what you're working on right now. So many things. So we just launched uh, Dream Hotel's uh, group's brand new product, Unscripted, uh, which is a brand new product in the market. Um, I help uh, design and concept the whole uh, the whole brand, and um, we've rolled out our first experience in Durham, North Carolina, um, and we've signed um, uh, four other cities as well. We have um, uh, Birmingham, United Kingdom, which is a 1904 Methodist uh, church that the heritage is letting us revitalize. Really cool. Very cool. Very Super cool. exciting. I'm, are the are the unscripted properties new? Obviously, not new build with the church, but are are they all takeovers or are they a mix of new build and takeovers? Combinations. Okay. And some of them are new builds, and we're open to both. I mean, the word unscripted really defines the brand very clearly without saying much. I mean. Our elevated elevator pitches. It's we scripted as we go, and you know, and, and, and it's interesting because a lot of developers like that. I mean, hotel being in the hotel business is sexy. You know, billionaires now want to own hotels. It makes them feel. 
um, sexy. And now they had their private planes and their yachts and their multiple houses and their, you know, 20 something girlfriend, year old girlfriends. Now they want hotels, <laughs> you know, and it's a platform for them to feel like they can add a, a piece of their sensibility and who they are. And, and unscripted is really about working with developers and helping, um, create the vision that the market needs, the community needs and the developer. And of course our vision, and it all sort of ties together in this narrative. Um, so um, we're working on um, unscripted Tulum, which I'm super excited about. Again, I go back to that word manifestation. Uh, prior to joining, I've been to Tulum. I've been going to Tulum for 10 years. Um, and <clears throat> prior to joining Dream, like right before, literally, like I was starting, I was in Tulum. And I was there and I was like, gosh, wouldn't it be great if I did a hotel here? <laughs> just put it out there. You know, so put I guess it just put it out there. Corey. But be careful for when you put yeah, it out there because, yeah. you know, when it comes, you have Because you've to, been in Tulum a lot lately. I have. You have to be ready for it. You have yeah. to be ready for it. And you have to be like, you know, in a place where when it comes to you that if you're not prepared, you can prepare yourself. And, and, and it's okay to not be prepared 100%. I've realized that, that, you know, I, I'm very much of the entrepreneurial spirit. And I, I think of myself as a, as an entrepreneur, and I sort of learn as I go a lot. And um, I think anybody that that has that spirit in in life can 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 function that way. So you are a testament. To I am that. a testament to that. You for are sure. a testament. If anything to we that. get out of this podcast, that's what. So you have a lot going on, um, and this is a twenty five minute podcast. So we'll be sensitive to that. But in a nutshell, how do you approach designing a project? And I know that's a loaded question, but totally nutshell. Um, well, you know. It really does start with with a lot of research online and a lot of phone calls. Um, I, Who are you calling? My net worth. Okay. You know, my friends, the people I know. You. I mean, yeah. I've you know made a call to you. I you know you, you start to engage with people if you don't know the market. I've you know like going back to Tulum. I I, I know Tulum, so I was definitely knew where to go with that project from from the start. Um, but you know, once you gain your intelligence, um, it, you know, I do the R and D digitally, then I make a visit to the space and I see, you know, whether if it's, uh, you know, if it's on paper and there's an RFP for it and there's plans, you know, we, we dive into that, but understanding the community and researching, you know, what's needed, what's the void, like, what are we really going to bring and what narrative are we going to tell um, from the hotel experience? But also we operate and, and design and concept our own food and beverage. So it's not just concepting hospitality for our group. We concept food and beverage. And it's important for us to, to really build a strong narrative um, from the get-go. So before um, we put a shovel in the ground, we've really pinpointed who the customer is, what our activations are going to be centered around, and mind you, some of these projects are four years out. Right. So, you know, things change so quickly. So you do have to adapt and nibble. Like nothing's written in stone, but at least you have some parameters. And when you hire a group like Meyer Davis or Rock David Rockwell and you're working with him and you're able to, you know, speak intelligently that you have something to go off of. I take it a little too far. I give my design briefs and all of our designers are like, well, what are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> 
I've had I've had a little bit of backroom access to some of your creative work and your concept work, and honestly, it's mind blowing. Thank you. It looks, I mean, <clears throat> the work you put together years before a shovel hits the ground looks like what would be put together, you know, a week before the project opens. Um, it you. really is unbelievable, and and I actually think part of that almost manifests it as well, if yeah. you will, coming kind of back to this theme of like, yeah. you create the vision so far in advance yeah. that it's almost like the property has no choice but to become this vision. That's so funny. And I've, I've worked with developers who have said, wow, this is where we want to go. And, and actually just today we had a, you know, we have a project, a secret project in Toronto that we're, we're working on. And, um, it's, um, it's remarkable. And we got uh, like, you know, I guess for the you know standing ovations of RFPs, you know <laughs> the developer was like, of all of the RFPs that we got, we've just this is mind blowing. How, you know, I, I like to think like an editor. You know, I having come from fashion and beauty and having sat and desk side with you know Sarah Brown and all these you know you know been at the offices of W W pitching product or you know having a press event and really understanding how to get in an editor's perspective and really curating like how they're going to write about the product. I always sort of think that through first in some capacity. So thank you. I appreciate that. Kind of beginning with the end in mind. Exactly. Really cool. Um, So you do your research and you pick up the phone and you call your network and just say, okay, this is who I need to talk to about this. And this person knows someone in the market. You go to the market, you do your due diligence, you create the vision. Absolutely. And you roll. And And then it's about curating and navigating because things change, obviously. And and I hate this word, but I love this word, but being everything. You know, uh, value engineering is like my, right. it's like I get, you know, in the middle of the night. Like, <laughs> you <laughs> like, just, you wake it, up in a, in a cold like, sweat. Oh God, something's going to value sweat. engineer. Yeah, I'm have yeah. to go. But you have to be flexible in like, you know, this project I'm working on in Nashville, we're launching Dream Nashville and Printer's Alley. And, sure. you know, we're working with the Frists and some very high profile people. And, you know, they have opinions. And, you know, I mean, Jennifer Frist is a very um, uh, uh, collector of one of, the most amazing art collections in the world. And, you know, so it's, it, instead of walking in with an ego, you know, leave your ego at the door and know that like, there's no way one person can solely do all of this and, and access talent. Like, you know, I mean, any good person in any role they're at today will say like, you know, they always look to the people around them and, and lift them up to make them look better. And I think when working with, you know, our, our developers and our clients and the community and finding what their strengths are and finding, you know, things that they do well and, and highlighting it and, and, you know, being able to take critiques from people who not necessarily know how to constructively give feedback and being able to take those critiques and, and guide their critique to get to a better product. It's, it's a lot of handholding sometimes, but you've got to be flexible. You've got to understand that like, it's not about you. This, this project is not about me. It's not about me being the creative behind it. It's really about something so much more holistic and beautiful and organic and authentic. And when you have that perspective to it, it will, it will be that. So really cool. So, so the title for today's talk is disrupting hospitality through design. So how do we, how do we disrupt? Well, you know, it's a great question and, um, you know, and I think everybody's trying to do something different and, you know, with a melding pot of like, you know, workspace and, you know, concepts and matcha bars and all these things just popping up out of everywhere and how to be disruptive is, is, um, you know, a very, um, it's a, it's a, a, 
It's a word that people strive for because if you if you are different in the market sector, then you have a point of view, then you have something to offer. But but you know how you go about it is the is the question. And I think for us and for me, the the idea of continuing to be a great storyteller and to not tell one story but to tell a story and then continue and tell a story again and again and again is a terrific way of being disruptive um, and plan for that you know in the beginning and know that what you launch with isn't going to always be you know the the bones are there but the the materiality and the the physical space needs to adapt and there needs to be a you need to be nimble and um, so we're concepting some of these spaces and concepting these non-traditional hotel lobbies and you know as we know lobbies back in the past like let's go back to like the great great dame hotels you know the 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 the, the, the places that all of the creme de la creme would hang out in and you know they would walk in the lobbies and they would feel empowered they were in their best clothes and they'd almost kind of be like a performance for them to be someone that they're not for a moment. And it's like a runway sometimes, right? The lobby, it's like a hotel fashion runway. And so we've seen the progression of a lobby that now it's a workspace and now it has food and beverage in it. And They feel you know, like living rooms. And, they, and there's I a mean, residential component The too, number of you know? times I've walked into a hotel lobby and stopped in my tracks and said, can this just be my home? I yeah, mean, I they've know. really moved into such a livable, welcoming space yeah, in many and, ways. And, and I think that, you you know, definitely the residential piece, it resonates well with our group and um, resonates well with me. Um, I am a homemaker and, you know, my home is appointed and I love design. I'm always moving things around and, you know, there's life and feeling there. And you've got to have that sensibility within your own spaces. It's got to feel residential and it's got to feel... Um, like there is a narrative that you're speaking to, but I think being able to tell a story and adapt and, and change. And, you know, we've got a lobby concept that we're working on right now that, you know, has some retail pieces in it. And then when those retail pieces aren't being activated, there's maybe a pop-up barbershop that goes into it or something else. And it's, it's ideation. And, you know, you really have to think about when you're ideating how you're actually going to execute and that these ideas make money, you know, because it's great to have the idea, but if it's not making money and it's not, um, there's, there's no ROI, um, obviously the content is, is definitely important to us, but, you know, content, you know, only goes so far. You, you can't lose money on creating content. So it's important for us to, to, to hit these and check these boxes. And it's guest experience for me, number one. I always want guest and community. I want the community to want to come back to the spaces that we're in and see something different. And um, I want the guests to check in for a third or a fifth time that year and say, wow, this is this. I didn't see this. This is crazy. And then we get all of that conversation socially happening, too. So... Um, you know, I think for us, it's, it's evolving and, um, you know, being in this business is not easy and, you know, having, um, a sense of flexibility and, and, and having a, uh, an out of the box, uh, mindset and an intelligence to be able to execute that. We've got a great brain trust in our organization. So not only is it just that I'm coming up with ideas, but we, uh, we have operators that have ideas too. 
Um, so it, it, it's really, I guess it, you know, in, in our world, speaking from dream, it's, it's about culture. And I think our culture is really good at doing these things. And so, yeah, that's great. That's great. So what, what would you then say are a couple of the biggest mistakes made in hotel design? I think um, people spend too much on on FF&E. Mm. Um, what is FF&E for our listeners oh, who don't know? Uh, furniture, fixtures, equipment, okay. um, and lighting, obviously. I think people, um, you know, they, they, they put materials down that they don't get credit for. Um, I, you know you've got to realize that most when you're of these, saying someone puts material, so you're saying like there's like a $10,000 sculpture in a corner that no one even would even like look at or know, or it doesn't yeah, impact their, their maybe, experience. Maybe yes, that could be something. Maybe they chose bad art. They spent, you know, a hundred thousand dollars on a piece of bad art. Absolutely. Um, I think more though, looking at materiality and, and choosing like, you know, materials that don't function well and that don't have an operator's, uh, functionality and that they have to be replaced. Okay. And that there's not a sense of durability there. Um, and timeless timeliness. I mean, I always say like, you know, things are great. Like I get design packages all the time from, you know, design firms that we're working with. And I see this millennial pink in there and I'm like, that's great. But these hotels aren't opening for four years. So that that's going to be so it, passe it, by that. So it's over. Yeah. So like, Try to avoid like what the trends are. Like, don't go through design magazines and replicate what's now. You know, think ahead and um, you know. Also, I, directional signage. <clears throat> oh, really fundamental. Crazy, but like, you've got to think through a great narrative for your signage package, and so that you're not scrambling at the last minute and plan ahead. So that you know the signage package becomes a guest touch point. You know, and that that. When you look at branding today, like what branding was before, branding used to be about like typography and like the logo and 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 the paper quality and you know it's not anymore. It's about materials and and how you're expanding the materiality of the of the brand and the strategy behind the essence of the brand is translated into materials. And so, think that through. Like if you're developing a California, you know. Um, uh, you know, healthy cuisine restaurant in your lobby, like think about the materials, think about the signage, think about how that's going to translate from every guest touch point from the beginning instead of sort of, you know, backtracking and building the branding around the physical. They need to build in together. And I think that's what I do really well. I love building the, uh, you know, the branding and the digital and the social and the physical um, all into one package. So they're all talking. That And I think that's the thing that when when someone goes into a hotel, they can't tell you what it is. They just know it feels right. Right. And it's that thoughtful thread that just pulls through every element, like you just said. And I think almost the biggest compliment is, I don't know what it is. I just love it. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can't put my finger on it, but it just, it just feels right. Yeah. It feels like it's been there. And you know and how that feels when you go into a place. I do. Yeah. And, and, and it's not contrived. It's no. authentic. And, um, and I think that that goes back to building that strong narrative from the start. And when you're building that narrative that you stick to parameters and that there's someone monitoring that, you know, I love opinions, but too many hands in the honeypot, you know, it, it just, 
you need to really have one voice, um, you know, one line of communication to the key stakeholders. And um, that's what, you know, monitoring that along the process and making decisions. I really, I sign off on almost every detail along the way. I'm looking at, you know, the trims and, I mean, with our operator, you know, we have our executive vice president, Michael Lindenbaum, and myself, and there are other people. We all look at it, but mostly Michael and I and our architect, we're looking at the the project in under a mic- microscope, and we're saying, you know, this isn't going to work, and we're really looking at every detail, down to the uniforms, honestly. Oh, yeah. yeah uniforms so. have become a big part of the design. I mean, we're seeing the fashion collaborations and the yeah. brand integration. I love it. Yeah, we're collaborating with some designers right now. We're collaborating with... Um, uh, I can't tell, but we have some collaborations in we our We would projects. know the name. If you, would you were the to name, say the name, you would know, know the know name. The <laughs> yes, some of you may know right? the name. Um, and um, we look to markets, and even in our RFPs, we look to uh, casting vision for local designers in those markets that we could possibly collaborate with. And and I always approach, now we're talking about uniforms, but you know I love when uniforms feel stylish and they don't feel like your traditional bellman. You know, there's no, I actually have like almost an anti-black. I know that that's crazy, but like, I'm like, just avoid black, you know, and you could have something more interesting, but. Even that alone is a good step. It's a good step. Like if you know, it's like black polyester. Like if you can get away from black polyester, you've made a step in the right direction. But, um, you know, we're looking at, you know, putting some ready-made, uh, we collaborated with J crew to do our uniforms down in Durham. You know, it was the perfect brand to partner with, um, um, and they helped us with outfitting our, you know, our, our complete staff down there and team and, and J Crew. And every season we change it up. And so, um, you know, I think uniforms are very important because you definitely want to have a cohesive story there. And you want to know the guest wants to know who to go to, but they need to be styled for I sure. Like that. Yeah. So as we wrap up, we could sit here and talk forever about this. Uh, as we wrap up today, Many of our listeners are leading hotel brands. They're they're uh, running independent boutique luxury hotels, and not all of them are lucky enough to have a you. So, if someone's listening today and they're and they're they are running a hotel or a hotel brand, and and maybe the hotel's been around for a while, and they could just do one thing that is feasible and won't completely blow their marketing or their mm-hmm. design budget. What is one thing that someone could do um, pretty quickly to just kind of add a refresh? I'll be really frank with you. Like you could spend very little and do a great social. Um, you know, you you need you know, it's all about understanding how to take a great picture and how to tell a great story and style. And, you know, if you can learn how to style an iPhone camera photograph, you know, you know, using your latest iPhone or an iPhone to take a a great picture, you, you social is the first place people go to see your brand. And I mean, maybe the, you know, linens and the towels and all the soft goods can't be updated right now because you don't have the budget of it. So don't feature your bed. You know, I mean, try something else, try different angles, feature some flowers next to a bedside table. I mean, this is very generic and loose, but honestly, overall, like if you, if you could change one thing, I would say your social is a great place to start 
People go to Instagram before they go to your website. And before they go to your hotel. And before they go to your hotel. And so, you know, if you're trying to pull the wool over someone's eyes, I guess that's the best place to start, right? I love it. That's a good start. Well, but I love that you just said that too, because it's funny. You know, when I asked this question, my thought was, oh, he'll say, I don't know, he'll say uniforms or he'll say this certain thing in the lighting, you know, Mm -hmm. lighting in the lobby. But what I love is... who cares? They, they're not even going to get into your lobby Never. if they don't like your Instagram. Yeah, it's the number You're one so thing. You're so right, yeah. It's really, honestly, like, and I wish I had the time to control, uh, I don't want to use the word control, but add my, you know, my, my, my talent to all of our Instagrams on a daily basis. But, you know, I've got a great team and everybody at the property does such a great job with their, their, their social that, but, um, I love doing it, you know? So that's why I wish I love doing it. (laughs) You're so good at it. I love styling. I love all of that. That's, you know, my background. So, but I do think telling the story socially is so important and keeping that engaged content. And if you can't produce the content like we do, we have, you know, a series of, of, of content activations like behind, uh, beyond the lobby where we interview musicians. And if you can't produce that level of content, then start small. I mean, just tell a color story, tell a nature story, tell a community story about local purveyors in your community. Maybe there's a great local juice shop or a matcha bar for Christ's sake. I mean, give some narrative other than what you've got, but definitely start there. I think it's a great starting yeah, point. Yeah. Content's king. Corey, or queen. Thank you. King or queen. Either way, it goes with me. Corey, thank you so much. I, our listeners are lucky to get to hear directly from you and what you're doing with the dream brand and also unscripted. I'm, I love it and I've been following it. And if someone really wants to get to see your work, I, I, if you are listening and you are in or near Charleston, I can't tell you enough to go to the restoration. Corey's hand is on every square centimeter of that property and I have not stayed any place like it. Um, so Corey, thank you for your time. If my listeners want to know how to find you or follow you, um, where can they go? Thank you, Amy. That's really sweet. I appreciate it. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. How about that? Um, it's uh, Corey, C-O-R-Y, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, Ingram, I-N-G-R-A-M, or my dog. <laughs> or, or Jojo. Oh, uh, Corey. Thank you. Thank you again. And um, again, to our listeners, thank you for taking the time and tuning in to today's podcast. This is Priority Status with JPR. And um, until next time, travel elevated. <laughs>